Did you give yourself your first tattoo? I did. Is that is that kind of well, like a, 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 a standard techni- thing that's supposed to happen? Or yeah, okay. technically, I gave my wife the very first time, like first time I touched skin. Oh, yeah. It was margarita night on the couch, and I was practicing on the skin. <laughs> and yes. she kept doing this. Yeah. For forty five yeah. minutes, this woman kept shoving her arm in front of me, and she's wanted a heart on her wrist. That was the very first time okay. I ever touched. Them. But how how ner- well well it was margarita night. How nervous were you? <laughs> oh, or, it, was, it was it was a heart. Aw- it was awful. Oh, was it? It was, it was awful. Um, the nervousness it, or the tattoo? Both. <laughs> and I have to look. You were lied to. And don't let that cloud critical thinking. How many points do I have to make that don't add How up? many other people do I have to bring in this conversation that do not back up Rob's? JV Team for Life. Welcome back to the Anti-Hero Podcast, part Delta Force, part Street Cop, all podcasts. I'm your co-host, Tyler, owner of Refractive Wolf Apparel. And I'm Brent Tucker, owner of First Responders Coffee Company. And with us today is the owner of First Do Tattoos, active firefighter. What's going on, guys? Name is Josh, uh, firefighter in Central Florida, um, and been firefighter from 2012 to current, and uh, also paramedic for the agency as well. You're a paramedic? Yeah. Ooh, yep. That's impressive. That's very. That's kind of really hard man. to get. <laughs> I, I, I it is. It, it's difficult, but... Man, got, you know. got me with all, almost a decade on the job with that baby face. <laughs> Still get carded, bro. Still get carded. <laughs> um, quick shout out to our sponsors, Refracted Wolf Apparel. It's outsider apparel for the front lines. Uh, graphic tees, hats, stickers, flags. Um, based on kind of like our culture, some of the, some of the darkness that we, we run into, um, you know, it can turn you into an outsider. So use code anti-hero for 15% off refractive wolf pearl and our other one. FRCC 10 gets you 10% off coffee and cigars at frccoffee.com. And please, if you haven't check out our Patreon, uh, we just shot some actual stuff for the Patreon. It's just behind the scenes stuff. We have all kinds of things. We're going to do B sides, uh, Questions for me and Brent, you know, that we'll put out on the main podcast, um, you know, kind of get to know us as direct access to us. You can ask us any questions you want. Um, it's way easier than inbox of the uh, Instagram and TikTok. And on Thursdays, check out we have YouTube only stuff only on YouTube. Uh, we do a lot of remote podcasts with people geographically far away. And we're, we're trying out some new things, see how they work. Uh, but those will be Thursday YouTube only. So. Appreciate you coming on, dude, especially such late notice. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. So what's it like being a full-time firefighter slash paramedic, which is, again, uh, to me, it was impressive. And, uh, I mean, I'm assuming you're pretty, you're close to full-time tattooing, right? Pretty darn close, yeah. Uh, I try about twice a week, yeah. Um, So three job titles, if you will, of the firefighter paramedic tattoo and then dad life um <laughs> right yeah yeah there's another job it's there's that's a whole nother job man but i wouldn't trade that for anything um time management man it's the hardest thing um something that a lot of people don't know with the firefighter culture um is our shift schedule um it is different from pd uh we do at least most departments in central florida and most around the nation will do 24 hours on and 48 off um, so we are there from, at least my agency, from 8 a.m. to 8 a.m. Um, 
you go to a firehouse, it's literally just that. It's a house. You've got kitchen. We've got uh, living room, the couches, recliners, all that stuff. Computer rooms, our bedrooms, um, the gym. Like we've we've got all of that. Sounds like a hard life, bro. Oh, it's <laughs> awful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta, you know, yeah, with the uh, you know, we interact with firefighters a lot through through FRCC. Yeah. In fact, you know, took a dozen of them shooting uh, last month. Didn't hit a thing. Uh, no, they <laughs> <laughs> they hit plenty. They did they did good. They did good. Um, you know, trying to you know figure out you know the you know what. Um, what it's like and uh, and their you know in their world you're talking about like, you know, shifts right yeah. off the bat so yeah. uh 24 on 48 off yep and that's that so that's where you get the a shift b shift and c shift correct so the, the, that's this 24 the next 24 is the b shift correct know, and the next 24 is the c shift correct can you explain to me one more time because it was explained to me and i didn't grasp it yeah a kelly day we don't have them you don't have my them. agency does not have them no typically um it's going in with like the overtime and and all that stuff. Um, the way that their stuff is not necessarily budgeted out, but um, because we a normal week is forty eight hours for us, it's automatic overtime that's built in. Um, for my agency, we don't do that, but a lot of the agencies, I believe it's their about like their seventh shift off, they have them. Yeah, um, if I understand it right, and it's it's like a guaranteed day off it does not go in their pto or anything like that it's a kelly day um some other agencies here in central florida do um and so a lot of guys they'll pick up overtime so then they're like getting the big money because they're getting paid for that kelly day on top of is it working. is it something you wish you guys did or is it just another so type we, of schedule we just unionized recently and there's a lot of guys who are wanting to push for that eventually within the next five years or whatever but it's money and it's yeah. government so you know how that's yeah, gonna yeah. go yeah um especially if it takes a union to get there it's gonna be slow moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. yeah yeah so yeah. it's uh yeah so um, i have a question for yeah. you oh i didn't mean to cut you off no no you're good are you, are you done yep okay <laughs> i I've, this is something i've always i've asked firefighters and i get like i get kind of a pc answer because we're always at work overdoses overdoses affect pretty much every community some communities more than others um but i notice where i work it's very very busy those firefighters I, apparently it's a house where you got to go as a new guy and cut your teeth and yeah. you put your yeah. skin in the game however part of your the firefighter process and not process but like your day is sleeping and then getting up and going to calls mm. and these guys they don't sleep there's no point in having a bunk there. They're going to overdose after overdose after overdose. And it's like, it's the same people and you can see it on their face. They're just so tired of dealing with this person who overdoses yeah. once a week. Yeah. Is that, I mean, in the culture says so you've been, you've been there 10 years, give or take, right? Mm -hmm. Have you noticed your firefighter, firefighting overall is more busy because of the, heroin and the fentanyl epidemic oh of course yeah. you see it i mean you, you said the same it's you're running with us too um of course yeah it's it's huge um and in, the thing with that is it's not what you see in the movies of the community that's said it's affecting where it's like the poor people the people who don't take care of themselves it's quite literally everybody mm -hmm. it's everywhere it's the good neighborhoods it's the bad neighborhoods it's everywhere um we have a kid he's not a kid he's in his mid-20s who i i thought he died 
but it turns out he was in jail. And found, the way I found out that he got out of jail and was still alive was he overdosed. <laughs> right. yeah. You know, and it's it's very it's very prevalent, yeah. man. It's you it's get, a little you, bit of everything. You get the people that literally overdose with their hospital band still on from the yeah, hundred percent on a uh, on on a good shift, like like legitimately a good shift. Sure. How many how many hours of sleep uh, can can you expect on a twenty four hour shift? Um, Things are slow. the one that you wake up and it's you ideal. think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the one that you wake up and you think. Oh God, I missed something. It's when you <laughs> sleep all night. They right? left You're without like, me. <laughs> I'm going to get written up. I'm going to get fired. Something's going to happen. Where's and Josh? It, and everybody's walking out of the bunk room. The same thing. It's just did wow. you know, did, we, did we just sleep? Um, we we get those nights. You know, um, there's some houses that don't. My house in particular does. Um, I can't tell you last time I've had like a no hitter where absolutely nothing happened right um i'm more stressed out on those shifts than i am the shifts that i'm busy because i feel like as soon as i take my shoes off i'm going to get a call right yeah you know um but it's it's um the, the good shifts man um on a on a busy on a busy shift how many how many calls would would you what would you call a, a busy shift oh for, God. for you guys um for me we an average transport time for me um so i'm on the ambulance all the time that's pretty much my primary is it thing. Yeah, you're a paramedic yeah so before i forget and because we're kind of on that um a lot of agencies especially central florida are you have to be dual certified meaning you have to be fireman and at least an emt or paramedic um other departments especially like more up north right you can do just fire and just EMS. But the thing with that, that governments found out was the money's in the EMS side because we transport, we can charge for that. Whereas fire, that's getting paid through your taxes. Yeah. So what? So fire protection is getting paid through your taxes. Yeah. And then the EMS side, we can come and check you out. That's fine. But as soon as we transport you and take you to the hospital, that's yeah. where you get charged. Now, who You'd pays who who pays for all the people taking ambulances? I hate I hate to go back to the overdose. No, no, people. no. You and I'm going to get to what Brent was. I rudely cut him off, but um, the people that are are taking rides in the ambulance because they're uh, overdosing or they're just pieces. They're people that suck and like want a sandwich. Yeah, and they just want to go to the hospital because it's cold out. Who pays for those ambulance rides? You tell me. Is it? Who? I say you. You tell me. Okay, but it's not a, the a taxpayers. Lot of those, no. Okay, so no. It's not so that the that no, that won't get billed to you because somebody else decided not to pay. It just taken as a loss. Okay. All right. But the people who can pay and who do pay is where that money gets made. And and yeah, and that's my question. Taking a loss to who? So when the ambulance takes them to the hospital, do you guys bill the hospital and the, and the hospital bills them, or you directly bill? Is the county or city directly yep. billing the citizen on the ambulance ride? So, as far as the billing, all I do is take down the information, write my report yeah. in case I have to go to court, which I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> and that we have like agencies will have separate billing, like wherever it goes, whether it's through um, City Hall or, or whoever is taking charge of that. It may be a third party company, whatever. Um, but that gets billed to the patient or the patient's insurance. And okay. we see nothing past that. Yeah. But if, like, we take you to the hospital, you're not getting the ambulance bill with the hospital bill. It's going to be two separate. Things. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it 
it sucks talking about money because these are sick people. But it is a it's a legit concern for a lot of these. Yeah, people. absolutely. You what's, know, you, well, yeah. What, what's a what's an ambulance ride? Typically, I know it'll, it'll vary. Do you, do, you, do you know what what it, what it it's is? It's not cheap. It's fine. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I couldn't tell you, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I'm about to find out. My wife just had to take the ambulance <laughs> twice, so we're we're Ooh. about my ambulance. So uh, we're we're going to find out soon. But um, yeah, it's not cheap, man. Yeah. It, it, and it also depends on the level of care that you're getting. Meaning, was it just a scrape on the knee? You needed a band aid and wanted to go to the hospital and get checked out, or was this some heavy medical? Like you're about to die, and we're doing everything we can to save you. That's going to get charged more because we're doing more. Yeah, and then they're like, "Wait, how much is that in you? Yeah, exactly. I'll drive. Exactly. <laughs> is it? Uh, does Lake County or is some? Uh, there are there are some privatized uh, in, uh, ambulance services yes. around here. Yeah. Is, is this, does Orlando, Late- Orange County, Seminole County have? That? Orlando used to be. Um, they use Rural Metro for a long, long time. Um, they are doing their own transports now. Um, um, Lake County, they have their, they have a separate ambulance company that they use. Is this a manpower um, issue? It can be. Um, well, I mean, either, I unless it's cheaper to contract third party. Yeah. So, a lot of it, it's there's a lot that's involved with the EMS side as far as financial. All of that, I feel right? Like I'm unwrapping yeah. a conspiracy. Yeah, oh, I'm telling you, when yeah. the, the only reason, I mean, again, you know, FRCC is the only reason why I I, I know the, uh, scratching the surface of sure. the, of the issues, but uh, we get we get hit up a lot on like the the private ambulance side, mm-hmm. um, or because everything's at the end of the day, tax money is is a good thing, and in, in one aspect, you guys have good equipment. You know, mm-hmm. you guys will get it. It's a service that the government provides, so yep. it has to meet a uh, a certain standard. It's not always the case on the on the civilian side, and those guys, you know, you know, will describe to me running around in ambulances that are held together by, by oh, duct yeah. tape at, <laughs> at times, trying to keep the bottom line as we're, low as again, possible. Again, we're still talking government here. It can be the same thing, too. <laughs> really? Right? Really? <laughs> I want to say it in the most loving way. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yes. Um, with these those private ambulance companies, as far as, like, the, the finances, it all comes down to money. It doesn't matter whether it's government or not. It, it all comes down to money. Um, a lot of the, the – there's – certain benchmarks that as far as time frame that these units have to meet before they get put into a backup they can tell instead of being a front run so the main truck that goes out okay then once they hit a certain benchmark as far as time or calls ran or or use then they get bumped down to a backup unit and then from there they'll get retired out um so it 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 all depends on the agency how much they're running all all that stuff and of course the money that the agency has to for the new equipment. They may have enough for one every four years. Yeah. And they got to make do with what they got. They crash a truck, they crash a truck. Sorry, man, we're, we're not getting a new one. Yeah. You know. I'd, oh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, there's just so, some things that, uh, you know, always, because, you know, military is my background. Yeah. And um, there are there are things that, that, to me, are, you know, cross over and parallel a little bit. So, my question is: So when, when we get on a short notice call and we're we're giving information, which we would call intel, but for you, it's you know it's it's information from from dispatchers that have given mm-hmm. it to you. Um, usually it's correct, <laughs> but every now and again, every now and again it's wildly off, yeah. and sometimes it's just it's just <laughs> off, and you know it's 
you know, we, we take that information and we plan off, we plan off of it, mm -hmm. but you know, but we're kind of ready for anything. And I'd imagine that's a, a very similar situation situation with you guys. How, how is the information flow about what you get told? You know, what's you, what I'll call it your spin up time between, mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is, this is when we got told it. This is how, this is how fast we have to be in the ambulance. This is the information that we like to have or have. Mm -hmm. And how 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 accurate is that information? Pretty sure you know the answer to this question. I do. <laughs> I do. I'm afraid. Um, I'm afraid I do. Yeah. So it's uh, you played the telephone game, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, no, we're yeah. indirectly. We're not blaming you, dispatch. Yeah. <laughs> but it's your fault. You. <laughs> you can't see me winking. Dude. But it's your fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to say it very often, but we can't just go to a call. We have to pay attention to what they're saying. We have to pay attention yeah, to the equipment you need to bring literally from 100%. the truck to the house. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I've seen you guys know when you have to hustle and when you don't, mm -hmm. I can tell just like as a cop, I know when I need to go code three response and when I don't uh, just based on like, Oh, you can just tell the info is coming in. It's like, I've heard this before. It's going to be a civil like burglary in progress. Right. And then all of a sudden it, it, you're like, I've been to this house and it's the brother that just got kicked out yesterday, but you got, and it's like, oh, so I'm not right. gonna go code three and and run to the front door, but, um, you know, I could I could definitely see the the information for you, especially when most of the time it's life or death, yeah, or not most of the time, but you know, it's not a, it's not property for you ever. Sure, it's it's someone's. Uh, well, it is property, but a lot of times the life is mixed in with that property portion, right? So, um, if we're talking house fire. Right. Um, so yeah. let's let's That's use yeah. let's use yeah. bad scenario. <laughs> right. Well, even good scenario. You're getting a call from somebody's calling nine one one. They're calling nine one one, probably not on a good day. Somebody who's already freaking out and they want help. That's why they're calling. The dispatcher. So Pro QA is the process that our dispatch uses to triage. Before they send out, right. figure out who needs to go and what they're going to. Right. What's your address? What's going on? Based off of that, it will fall into a certain category. And depending on the severity of the information that they're getting from the caller, it'll either be an Alpha Bravo Charlie, which is a code two non-emergent response. Um, Delta Echo um, is an emergent response. And um, Omega is also a non-emergency um, response but it's all based off of let's say cardiac arrest somebody says hey they're not breathing i think they're dead that's immediately you know everything's up right um dispatch has their steps that they have to go through and questions that they have to ask are they breathing are they cold can you move them can you get to them all that yeah. stuff but during the pro qa process as soon as they get that initial information we're getting toned like toned out meaning we're getting the call to go. This is how my agency does it. This is pretty standardized. There's some places that do it a little bit different, but the idea is to get us rolling, and then by the time, so we have a 60 seconds to yeah. get to the truck and get out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this can be we're in the middle of dinner, or this could be we're the, in the middle of, of sleep. Sleep, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, or in the middle of a shower, yeah. right? Hey, so, right, like, yeah. Yeah. We still have sixty seconds to get out that door. Oh, so is that is that a is that y'all standard, y'all's house standard? Is that a firefighter standard, or is that like a state standard? As far as I'm aware of, that is the unspoken. Yeah. I, I, now I could be wrong, but 
I'm a heavy sleeper. I feel like it'd take me 30 seconds just to get out of bed. Bro, you want to hear these tones? <laughs> Trust me. There have been times where, thank God I'm the medic and somebody else drives me. There have been times that I'm standing in the house and that's when I'm waking up. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember going. Yeah. I don't remember getting into the truck, pulling up all the info. I don't remember that. I remember getting to the house. What's it called when you guys give CPR even though you know they're dead, but you give it? Uh, I remember you asking this question on uh, one of your podcasts. Yeah. So... Uh, so the cultural name for this would be a show code. Show code. Oh. So a code is a cardiac arrest when somebody's not breathing, they're dead, right? Well, if somebody's not breathing, they're dead. You've got family members there that's in the middle of the street, and there's a bunch of people watching, but you get there and you can tell. There's no bringing them back. Probably not worth it. Not, 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 not worth it. Yeah, <laughs> not worth yeah. it. There it is. That's yeah. my problem. I say things. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the table talk, man. That's what it does. It's futile. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you know when you get into the hospital, the doctor's going to look at him. And go. Does anybody else have anything else they want to do? Nope. All right. Call it. Yeah. And you're sitting there dripping sweat, going, "Dude, I just put my heart and soul into this thing, yeah. and here we go." Yeah. Yeah, it's all the perception. Yeah. Yeah. So the the show code is more, it's for the public's perspective of they called us for help. Yeah. And I this guy's literally having a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, well, I get that. I get that. People don't get that first responder culture. You know, you that might have been the second or third dead person you've seen that day. Sure. Right. And it's just nothing to Could you. Be. And you know, they they not only have they probably never seen someone die in front of them, but it might be a family member. Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah. I, I tell you, I, I got a. A, a paramedic story as far as the, the only time it, we've, we've ever called 911 and it's uh and it's every father's worst nightmare oh boy. Mm. uh we i had a uh my, my little girl uh one of my twin girls was about six months old mm. and she was uh kind of like head back in her in her uh in her little uh baby seat mm -hmm. and she threw up and it went back in yeah, her. She aspirated. Yeah, she aspirated. She went back in, and 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 we we couldn't we we couldn't uh, we couldn't get it out. You know, as as far as to, you know, um, you know, when, when dad gets there and he's, you know she's turning blue, like mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not you know I'm not scared to you know smack the baby as oh, hard no. as I can in the back to you know, to, to make, yeah to make <laughs> it happen. And 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 then she went into like a a light seizure yeah. that would not stop, would not stop. And so you know, of course it, we call nine one one pretty quick mm -hmm. uh and that's you know a scary well not scary well of course it's scary that decision alone for for a family that doesn't call 911 like your regulars like you're like you know do we call yet do you know do we call now yeah. you know you, you don't want to call too early you sure as hell don't want to call too late yep. and you know the, the call is made pretty quick call 911 and uh the you know, scariest moments in, in my life yeah. and i'm telling what what you would think would have felt like an eternity that ambulance showed up what was felt like in three minutes. I, yeah. I couldn't believe how fast they mm. got there. The unspoken rule with kids is that you almost there's no borderline driving. your borderline hazardous driving. You know? No, yeah. It's just, <laughs> it, no, there's no and I don't know mm. what it is. I think it's just like, you know, the protector and first responders is that, you know, there's 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 a there, I'll just be real and say there's a huge difference between someone that's ninety three years old and known yeah. heart conditions versus a six month year old. You know, I, it's just I don't want to say that we respond differently to different calls, but <laughs> um, exactly what you just said. You know, you got a two year old right. who a call comes in, two year old drowned in the pool. Ah, uh, it's got a it's God bless, man. Yeah. 
Like, it's game time. There's no joking. There's no plan. There's no, hey, man, let me tie my shoe. We're going. And that compared to the guy that calls three times a week. Right. You know, who may be having an emergency to him. And you and, and on paper, on paper, in every in in every bit of the system, you are going the same response time. A thousand percent. But it's naturally, just the person in you and your your yeah. crew is moving probably twice as fast. Like when it's game time, man, it's game time. Yeah. Like it. I know you've seen it. I know you've seen it. Like yeah. there's there's times when you work, and then there's times where you're getting it, man. And Unfortunately, it's a lot of those are the bad calls. It's the yeah. bad days, and um, but that's what we're there for. That's yeah. why people call us, man. Yeah, I don't mean, really thought about it in, in, in that aspect. And you'd think, you know, uh, not to compare everything, you know, to the military, but it's just it's it is it's a good comparison that uh, that I didn't realize or think about. There are missions we go on that there every one of them are, are serious. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not like it's not like you know you, this is a joke mission. Every mission's life or death. You know, especially at a tier one level. Sure. But there are certain missions you know, you know this is this is going to be you know a, this is going to be a tough night, yeah. and everyone's everyone's you probably got, write a book about it. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. everyone's and, you know, <laughs> and, and you know the and I'm I'm sure just like you know in, in an ambulance, it's, you know, it's just it's a different it's a different demeanor you know yeah. uh, on the ride over. Everyone's locked in. Every, love, you know, yeah, the, yeah. Every everyone's spot on. You know, as far as you know, doing you know, the timing of, of everyone doing their job is just you just yeah. know when, it, when it's a locked in night. Yeah, like to to give you a quick example of that. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a call middle of the night. Right, so we're we were sleeping. Came in the middle of the night for a sixteen day year, or sixteen day old, who it came in as a cardiac arrest. When I say it, we didn't like. We asked dispatch just to confirm. Yeah. Hey, did you say 16 day? I said, <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of oh shit going on, yeah. and it's time to go. Thank God, it was another medical issue. It was not a cardiac arrest, but man, let me tell you, the boys moved. Yeah. They moved, and knowing that that's who you're going, I don't want to say it's like going to war, but when it's time for us to play. That's yeah. who we're training with. That's yeah. who we're living with. That's who we're working with. And to watch those boys do what they need yeah. to do, it's something else, man. I mean, just listen, you know, to you know, you know, to the story of you know, and you know, you, you can't help but put your yourself in that you know, in that mindset as you hear it. Like, I, my 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 blood's pumping. You know, thinking about yeah. getting on a call, you know, and and being on a ride on a you know, to 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 respond to a sixteen day old baby that needs your help. I think the hardest part about it, man, growing up, what did your parents teach you to call 911 when it was a bad day? <laughs> right. What yeah. does that mean? It, that could right. be anything. Dude. Yeah, it's so subjective. It's so it it's is. So, it's so yeah. different to, to everyone. It is. You know? yeah, and they'll call my 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 uh, you know they'll call 911 for their neighbor's dog pooping in their lawn. Oh and yeah. That is that is a 911 <laughs> yep. call to that person, and then some people like really balance. <laughs> Whether or not they should call when you know when someone's unresponsive, like and it's mm-hmm. and I tell those people fucking call because all the dumb people that call, right? You right, you right. need to call. Yeah, <laughs> right. go ahead. Let me ask you this. Yeah, I want you to give a PSA when it's time to, to all the cops out there. This is your chime. Oh boy, when it's your when when you are needed on scene and everybody's waiting on you to show you or me. You. Yep. When you are needed, your expertise in the in the first responder world. Sure. 
and there's cop cars everywhere and they do not clear a path for you. How frustrating is that? Um, can I cuss? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't fucking do it. <laughs> Please move your car. So Brent, what happens is we'll, <laughs> we'll go to a, a joint response needed with some kind of law enforcement, you know, maybe some kind of crime or safety issue and fire EMS, right? We'll all have to go. Well, cops, because we're on the road, we typically get there first. And you have supervisors first saying, clear path for FD. Don't park your effing cars. You know, and they're like, who's car number 647? Move your effing car. And yeah. you know, because we, they right. all, all the cops, yeah. they park, they jump out to run to realize, oh, this is medical. And then the guys that are medical coming in the back can't get to us. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine how frustrating it gets because let's say the first or second car there isn't parked in a bad spot. But as more cars come up, they can make that car now be in a yeah, bad spot. Yeah. And now you look like the, the idiot yeah. when, when you I actually, was the first one right, here. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Raised for my favorite is house fires. Mm, I'm here. Y'all don't know where to park. No. And we also, <laughs> also, I will tell you, cops respond to house fires just because it they just want to spectate. Yeah. They'll all I jump know. on that way. What are, what, uh, we need you four blocks that way to block traffic, dude. Like, oh, okay. And they're like. <laughs> like, car accidents, I get it. Like you're in the middle of the intersection, it's all jacked up, man. We got we got to work with each other, and sometimes it's just it is what it is. But like house fires, especially if it's a ripping, man. You see the house mm-hmm. where we gotta go. We gotta go there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Why the hell are you parked in front of the house, dude? Uh, like, because yeah, that's, that's, that's where the show's at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, man. Our our guys are give them crap, but our guys are good. I had a lieutenant one time, man. He just lit this cop up. We had a call and he gets yeah. our lieutenant he gets up on the intercom and he tells the engineer he's like get as close as you can to his car mm-hmm. and he gets on the pa and he's like if you don't move this car and have whatever time he's like if you don't move this car in 10 seconds we're pushing out the yeah, we'll move it for you yeah yeah and he like before the cop got in the car he freaking reamed him he's like y'all don't fucking know where to park it's like you see us coming y'all need to get out of our way we got a big old truck yeah, I love Why it, you too. Parking, you know, a little bit of banter back and forth. I love it, too, when I, I get a call for a combative patient. Yeah. So they call us, right, because they're not I, – I obviously not trained, but I don't even think liability-wise, unless it's self-defense, you can really do a lot. No. Um, but I'll show up, and it'll be a 90-pound crackhead, and it'll be four or five jacked buff firefighters. <laughs> like, can you help us? Like, yeah, I got you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The issue comes down to legality. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, our PD can't do anything until it gets cleared with medical control. So can't do anything as far as, uh, they can. So if it's hitting the fan, they can jump in. Yeah. But as far as like, if it's a medical call oh, and they we need their assist, it's hands off until medical control clears it, which is kind of a pain. But well, it's, well, the, the cool thing about what you just said is about the legality thing is when we need to get into a house for a, a medical reason, you know, uh, if we, when the police boot in your door, that's a mm-hmm. constitutional issue, unless we're booting it in because we see you laying there. Yeah. Um, and I love it because FD will be like, we'll show up and we have to do a well being check. And they're like, you going to boot it? And I'll be like, are you going to boot it? And they're like, <laughs> well, and I'm like, but it's not against, you know, it's not a violation of their rights if you boot it, but if I boot right, it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I've kicked in quite a, quite a few doors. But it's always because, like, if we can't see them, we can't hear them, then we got to find another way, whether it's through a window or yeah. something like that, right? The last thing we want to do is break Graham Graham's 
door off the door right. and she was just sleeping and didn't have her ear exactly her right yeah hearing aids in um but i've had many of bad instances where someone's in a legitimate medical issue and you see him laying on the floor and goes the door yeah and it's just it is what it is you know we have pd you know secure up the house as much as we can um but i've seen us kick in more doors than we have had PD do it. Like if we have a chance to break something, we'll break something. <laughs> like we're good for it. Um, like as soon as you hear something, up oh, doors in. You know, we at least from my agency, we're pretty aggressive with that. But of course, we'll call PD out just because we don't know. You know, we'll have you guys clear the house, make sure nothing else is going on. Um, I'm sure we've heard stories of that. You know, where you think either it's one issue, and come to find out, there's somebody else who's causing the issue. Yeah, I've been seeing you know? a lot of, uh, in the news, firefighters being attacked. Yeah, oh uh, yeah. And that's when you know it's it's getting, we're living in a crazy world when, it, you know, it was hard a couple of years ago to wrap our heads around cops being targeted just because they were cops in a sure. uniform. But now you're starting to see people without defenses. And when you are giving your, all of your attention to someone and then someone ambushes you or bites you or hits mm-hmm. you or shoots you, it's like, damn, dude, you weren't ready at all. No. And, you know, the joke is we can't go anywhere until PD clears it. The, that's the joke from both sides, right? Oh, yeah, guys, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> well, we got nothing, dude. We we got nothing. Yeah. Like, well, even uh, after the fact, I've seen I've seen some articles where, you know, bigger cities, more or less. But, you know, like, let's say we leave medical issue. All right, you guys mm-hmm. good? We're going to head out. All right, cool. And then we're gone. And then some bystander comes. You know, it's just because you're in a uniform and you re- represent some kind that's, of government. That's all. Yeah. And, man, I know you've probably had it happen, too. But just because we're in a truck that has some sort of government thing on it, get flicked off and people yelling at you. And you're like, dude. Literally, if somebody were to do something dumb to you right now, I'm going to be the one picking you up off the yeah, ground. That's the age-old like, tale, man. You know yeah. what blows my mind? It's, it's been a hot minute, but uh, the uh, the good old boys at Rescue 2 at, uh, in New York had us uh, had us over and, and showed us some some, uh, some firefighting Did you get to te- go inside? Te- techniques. Uh, we, we did. So we went to the, their, their, uh, their firefighter school um, for like a – a couple days of uh, of of training and awareness because mm-hmm. you know, we're we're catching houses on fire on on uh, on target mm-hmm. and uh, and it's, it happened like over and over again and when we got back you know someone was like hey you think we should probably figure out you know learn a little bit more about house fire so we can so you so we can sure. know how much longer to stay in the house sure. you know <laughs> or, 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 or you know really you know because yeah. there's work I mean if we're there and it caught and it caught on fire you know. Flashbangs, grenades, or you know, or, mm-hmm. or, or bullets, or, or you know, are what is, what's causing that to catch on fire. Mm-hmm. So we, we want to stay as long as as we can because we, we came here for a job. Um, and then if and if we stay too long, you know, we we don't know the what ends up being kind of simple, you know, t- tips and and techniques to to get out of a, a smoke filled room. But you don't know that until you, until you get some sort of formalized training sure. on it. Um, so we went out there and, and we went to, uh, they, they, uh, had us over for dinner and, and some drinks and, um, we were drinking, not them. And, uh, <laughs> and they got on a call and we we're like, we're coming with you. And they're like, and they didn't say no. So we're like, all right. So we hop on the, <laughs> fu- we, we, no. so we, yeah. So we hop on the fire truck with them and, uh, Is it, this FRCC? no, no, this is when I was at the unit. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm like, man. So you got some Delta force guys in the back of a New York city fire what truck badass, yeah. and, uh, in civilian awesome. clothes while they're, uh, going to this house fire. And it, it was a fire call. Yeah, it was a fire Damn. call. 
and the amount of people that wouldn't get out of the way for oh. a for a twenty ton truck with with you know sirens that'll make you mm-hmm. deaf blew my mind. You need yeah. one of those like uh isn't it like Dawn of the, the Dead? S- the snowplow. Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, not just cars, like it, people, like walking across a you know a, a, yeah. a crosswalk and just taking their sweet time. Yeah. Blew my mind. You guys wanna, not uncommon, dude. You guys want to get jump into a. I think we should do a hybrid of dumbass cop of the week slash hero of the week. All right. Yeah. Are you okay with that? Yeah, absolutely. What? Uh, do you, I'm I'm intrigued. So it was just brought to my attention today that a former Edgewater PD, Edgewater, Florida, uh, cop left a while back to 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 go into her modeling career. Right. That's awesome. Oh, That's cool. Well, the link to Pornhub was just sent to me. She is a full-fledged porn star. She goes by the real CC, I think. No, well, I mean, I'm promoting her. <laughs> yeah, I'm promoting her. Um, I'm, t- I'm torn right now. You know what I'm saying? And it's uh, we're, we're not going to say anything else on the issue because apparently we say this is gonna, or OnlyFans. This, this is Pornhub. Okay. No, no this ain't only is. This right. isn't even an OnlyFans, dude. Go for it. Um, yeah, she's uh she's seen um you could she's got videos on Pornhub. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm trying to pull up her uh I'm pulling up her Pornhub right now for research purposes and information. The CC Lees. She's even got red and blue in her oh, logo. God. Like she's full on playing it up. Yeah. Which is you know, and, and, and I say, and I want to say dumbass cop, but I don't really think that's dumb. She, a, she's not a cop. She can do whatever she wants. Branding. Yeah. Branding. <laughs> <laughs> but B, I think it's heroic of someone to chase after their dreams of being a porn star and using their background, like me and Brent use our backgrounds to promote our businesses. You know, mm. uh, is there an argument? I, I, I see not you did really, there. man. I mean, <laughs> I'm in the same boat right here, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, teach their own, man. First time. Um, <laughs> it's it, 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 I just kind of wanted to segue this into the conversation of first responders being able to do things like OnlyFans. Um, mm. Because where's the line? You know, if you take risque pictures but you don't show nudity, is that the line? Well, he, all right. This is what I want to... This is actually a good topic uh, that I want to discuss, which is... Um, the gender pay gap. Um, I'm upset that I believe if I were to do the same thing, I wouldn't get paid as much as her, and and it infuriates me. Yeah. It infuriates me. Kendra, am, am I am I not right here? Can, can I get can I get a female's opinion on this? It's yeah. <laughs> the, the ceiling for men in, in the you porn know? industry is is pretty so, low, and I, I think that's something that's not discussed enough. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm the one to uh, to do it, <laughs> but it's but it's something that needs to be pointed out. Thank you, Cece, for oh, Cece your Lee service. And 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 I've asked her to back when she was just a model. I've asked her a model uh, for refractive wolf apparel, and she's left me on red twice. So, yeah. but we're hoping that maybe she'll get this and it'll go into her inbox, and maybe she'll come on and be a guest and explain kind of her journey because it's not even her side of the story she's legitimately doing it and she is doing it uh without hesitation is she still <laughs> no employed. she is not oh, wait, you, which and, as pd is she still no she hasn't been in a while from what i understand okay so she's not a cop. so and that's not something you that could is, do. is i that, don't think so no right that's, you, can't, you can't be a 
<laughs> when you started yours, what was the legality process? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. And that's the line okay. I was talking about. So, on that, active? I don't think so because whatever agency she's, she's going to be working for, PD wise, um, is not going to want to be associated with that's that. That's true. So, now with her having the experience and going off and doing whatever she wants to do, I don't know if they that's can her deal. Would that be? But that's that's slut shaming. I yeah, mean, you, you can't know, do I, that. I, I say that as a joke, but in a weird way, in the in the in the in the culture we're in, I'm actually a little bit surprised that that she wouldn't win that case. You know, like sure. you, you know, that's yeah. freedom of speech and, and expression. I'm not I'm I'm not sitting here saying that I I'm defending it and I, I think that's what oh, cops should do. I th- I I'm just saying. giving you the the, the, the counter argument in today's society. I, I yeah, it I'm just takes the right lawyer and the right personality yeah, right. to do it. Oh yeah, sure. and you know, could even if she wore her old Edgewater PD uniform in a post career movie, could they sue her? Would they? Would, Impersonating an officer. I mean, technically, <laughs> I would assume so. <laughs> <laughs> Take the name badge and city badge off. You're good. Um, small business of the week. We are. Uh, we're not promoting one from our inbox. We're actually going to be promoting Josh from First hey Do guys. Tattoos. <laughs> um, I, I'm a firm believer. Me and Brent were just talking about it. You're putting something on your body forever. Make sure it's done by someone you trust. And make sure it's done. And if you're going to do, people travel to go buy things. They'll travel oh, yeah. state through state lines to go buy something. If you're going to get a tattoo, I really think that's the one thing that you should travel for. If you got to go get a hotel for a night, you know, absolutely, go, it's going on yeah, your body yeah. forever. And we've seen Josh's work. Um, it's amazing. Uh, and we're going to have him tell us a lot about how we got into it, how firefighting kind of got you into it. Um, yeah. Your shop, your artwork, things that you do, and, and stuff like that. Sure. Um, one long story, short story. Long story, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you see me going like this, let me show you. When I was two years <laughs> old. <laughs> back in the day. Um, but no, for real, back in the day. Um, so, with our schedule, right, um, the 24 on, 48 off, um, we have a lot of time to do whatever we want. A yeah. lot of us have extra businesses, lawn service, pressure washing, what, whatever. Um, within those two days off, a lot of us don't want to just sit around and not make money. Mm-hmm. Um, f- as long as I can remember, I've had two jobs, and there was a point where I was working 100, 120 hours a week between a hospital and the fire department. Oh, your um, other job was at the hospital? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And th- it was part-time, but I was... Do, do firefighters so not do do firefighters and EMS do they not get to work extra shifts to cover manpower? Shifts? You can, you can, you can. Um, and there's in my agency, there's a ton of overtime going around right now. Okay, but a lot of it, a lot of agencies don't have that I sort of opportunity. Say, yeah. Um, but for me, I was already spending 24 hours there every third day. I might as well go somewhere else and kind of yeah make. You know, get a different experience, right? right? With me being paramedic, yeah. change of pace. You know, exactly. you know, yeah, I, I, I can I can work a, a lot. If, you know, if if I'm doing something different. Yes. Yeah. And the the issue comes down to our skills. We we can do a lot with firefighting, but with the the medical side, there's not a lot we can do outside of firefighting with the stuff that we know how to do with firefighting. Yeah, that's true. But the medical <laughs> right. side, we can go private ambulance company. We can go to the hospital. Like we can go to 
you know, private medical groups that are doing like medication studies, stuff like that. Um, so I was working a ton. Um, my wife, one of the first things I promised her was that I wouldn't bring my work home with me. And I got to a point where I was bringing my work home with me and she pulled me aside and honest to God, the most loving way. And was like, look, you need to find something else to do. You, what were you doing? If you don't mind me asking, you don't have to answer. Just between being not home, being too overly tired, being depressed and yeah. anxious okay, and, so it was and, and all that stuff. Home it was affecting yeah, me at you. home, right? And again, that was something I promised my wife. I, I didn't want to put her through. Right. And she was the one who told me. And she's like, look, you got to figure something out, man. My mom didn't raise no quitter, and I don't like quitting my jobs. But I had to quit a job. Yeah. And firefighting was my career. The hospital was on the side. And I did. And all of a sudden, I had all this extra free time. Well, I realized I was working so much because I had to keep my brain busy. If I sat still, got anxious, got depressed, like more so than being overly tired and just working. We, we talked about that just last last episode was, yeah, when we, when we talked about mental health. Is the, the biggest key is staying busy. Yeah. yeah. And, well... It's the biggest key to not work through it. You know, like, if you really want to attack what's bothering you, you got to take that time to attack it. Whereas if you're staying busy and have all these other distractions, that's you're, a, you've got all these That's other a great point. We, we didn't touch on, well, we did. We touched upon a window of time to, to do with it. And, that, and that's different for every person. Because I do, I, I'm, I'm what you said. I will make myself, I will give myself 28 hours a day and eight days a week to not deal with something because, but then there's the opposite side, which is taking a whole week and just thinking about it. And that's what we address. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're still not dealing with it. Mm -hmm. you know, no. You're, 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 you're letting it consume you, but you're not dealing with it. Right. But the first step is acknowledgement. If you're working to a point where your head's in the sand, you're never going to realize where those issues are and you won't know how to fix them to start to fix them. Um, so I had all this extra time and that was even worse. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It is. And yeah. um, I've been drawing my whole life, but once I became an adult, got married, all that stuff kind of took a backseat. And my wife, she's like, why don't you start drawing again, man? When did you start drawing? When, when did you start drawing? Like childhood? Yeah. Like yeah. I, some of my youngest memories with my dad is him sitting stuff, toys, candles out in front of me and drawing in the middle of the living room floor. Wow, like, yeah. ever since I was itty-bitty. Yeah. Can you draw? Like, I, uh, I, I used to, I, I draw uh, a lot in, in middle school, um, and that's, uh, that's that's the first thing that I thought of. And I never got really good at it, but you you can. Like, no one start. well, that's not true. Some people are just naturally good at yeah. it, and it's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, other it is it is a, a skill you can develop, and, you know, I... Um, I actually started drawing like uh, comic books, you know, Did you? like, yeah, like read, read, no, not, not drawing from scratch, but like, you know, getting a comic book and then, oh, I really like that picture yeah. and trying to recreate that. There's nothing wrong with that, man. And, uh, like but the, the cool kid in middle school, were you that guy in middle school that could, uh, you know, that could, that could draw Spider-Man or, or draw things yeah. and people always want to see your drawings. So middle school was, I was the cool kid that could draw yeah. and did all the projects. High school was, I was the cool kid that got, could draw that nobody knew because I didn't want to do the project. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. there was a stage where that shifted yeah. where it was more of like a private thing for me. It was yeah. something that I, yeah. I hobbied in and became an adult. Didn't lose it per se, but I didn't do it, right? Like, did you did you do it at all? 
Like it's very seldom. Yeah. I mean, I mean like I, you're I getting a, into a career right? yeah, that like, takes up all your time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I went into EMT my senior year of high school. As soon as I graduated, I went into fire. I was 18 coming out of the fire academy. Like wow. I was yeah. a baby. And so all these kid things that I used to do are now gone because I'm so career focused, right? <laughs> I have a career now. <laughs> I can't have fun. What, nope. What what did uh what what did you like to draw? Like did, did you like to draw, you know, a lot of different things or I like, like drawing like a lot of like Star Wars stuff. I like drawing like I thought I liked cartoon stuff, but that really didn't like scratch that itch for me. Yeah. I like doing a lot more uh realistic stuff like okay. how my dad brought up like i said he'd put toys in front of me and he'd say okay yeah. draw it and i would draw it and if i'd be okay with it he'd yeah. go good deal bud and yeah. if i wasn't he's like what what don't you like what are you having trouble with and my dad would show me how to fix it and it was like watching a wizard work man like it looked like this total piece of crap that i wasn't happy with and my dad touched it like two or three times and all of a sudden boom it's this yeah. different picture well, I'm a big I'm a big believer in people who are musically inclined or artistically inclined that they that type of um, brain activity uh, goes into problem solving. Yes, because that's what that's essentially what yes. you're doing uh, as a musician or an artist. Yep. When it's not right, you have to figure out why it's not right and how to make it mm -hmm. right, and you know, and you're solving that. And problem solving is is probably the number one attribute that you could give an adult. Yes, problem yeah. solving. Um, hundred percent. Can you 100%. explain your uh, logo? Sure. Which is right here. Sure. You want to hold it up or? Uh, where do you okay, I'm actually it? gonna put it on the screen, so don't worry about All it. All right. Cool. Post production. Um, so that's my initials. My initials are JTR. Um, and there's also a cross in there. Um, born and raised Christian, still Christian. Um, I'll talk about it if you ask me. Um, if you don't, it's not gonna hurt my feelings. Um, but I, uh, you know it. It looks like kanji, like uh, like the Japanese writing. Yeah. Right? I honestly thought you were going to be Asian when I met nope. you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this guy, who's this white guy in the lobby. <laughs> um, but uh, I wanted something with my initials on it that I can stamp on stuff pretty quick. Yeah. And um, it's artistic. It it's I like flows it. and it you know I, I like have, have you had that uh for a long time was that what like when you back when you were drawing in middle school no. so like you, you know every, every artist has yeah. something where they yeah. they throw their initials on so them. my quick initial signature is kind of similar to that okay and i was sitting in the parking lot waiting for my tattoo mentor actually and i was just trying to fix it because i didn't want to stamp my normal initials on there i wanted something kind of cool looking right some unique yep yeah and i just Played with it, whipped it up, and that's that's where she's been. Well, how'd you so. get into tattooing? I almost forgot to ask that yeah, question. Yeah. So, um, going back to where I was talking about, like with my my wife, my wife was actually the one who she got me to start drawing again. And after about a month, she goes, "You thought about tattooing?" Really? <laughs> that's no. <laughs> and God bless, I love my wife. Yeah. She knows like that little seed that I need. Yeah. That I need. Did she want a tattoo? Is that, is that? She has a couple. <laughs> <laughs> she has a couple. And um, that was that little seed that I needed, man, to change my focus to other than just like being out and about of just I'm drawing to now I have an end goal or even a starting goal somewhere that I want to get to. And getting into tattooing, getting in with a good apprenticeship is difficult. Is it? Yeah. I don't know it, anything it, it about can that. Be. Dude, you can, you can be turned down by... 10, 15, 20 shops, um, especially do if your portfolio is like not good enough. Do like, they pay you to apprentice? Not always. It's Most like of the time, no. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times you have to pay them 
Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were talking. I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, 15, 20, 25 grand for an apprenticeship. Holy. Yeah. What? I was blessed with my mentor that I ended up going to. He didn't charge anything, and he is one of the best tattooers, black and gray had, portraits that I had. How'd you find uh, him? Did you know him Instagram. before? Oh, really? Well, between Instagram and two of my uh, the firemen that I work with um, have had work by him. Okay. Found him on Instagram and followed him for a while. And just his caliber of work and his um, demeanor, he's very What's his name? Let's give him a shout out. Uh, Justin Lewis, Creative Soul. Ready for this? C-R-E-A, the number eight. It's pretty creative, right? Creative. Yeah, creative it. Soul. Um, he does a lot of... Um, he works a lot with darker skin tone. Um, he does like uh, a lot of warrior goddess portraits, uh, like self portraits or portraits of family. I'll show him afterwards. It's going to make sense after. Yeah. But he's on a whole nother level in the game. He like people travel from all over the place. Like how you were talking yeah. about. Yeah, you're gonna get all over on your body, man. I made yeah. that mistake. And, and, I made and that portraits. Mistake. Oh man, you, you have an eyebrow off or or, or you know, <laughs> <an> <laughs> eye <laughs> off. Have you ever and, seen and, a bad oh, portrait? Oh, oh. <laughs> And it's, so, and it's so, yeah, for someone who, who used to draw a lot, it's so, it's so easy, it's so easy to mess it up with, with, with just a small angle. Our brains wrong. are keyed into being able to recognize faces, and especially if it's a famous face or a family member oh, or something man. like that. If Grandma looks off, like a meth head. Right. Yep. Yeah. If, something, <laughs> if something's God. off, like, yeah. especially with tattooing, it's, it's right. hard. Yeah. Um, so he was the first person that I, I went to. I, I saw his demeanor and the fact that he was wearing... He wasn't advertising for apprentices or anything, but he was just sh freely sharing information on Instagram. And I went to him. I had black and gray portraits, dog portraits, all that stuff. And then I had, like, my stuff in there. And I had all the portraits up front because he's a black and gray portrait artist. thought that's what he wanted to see. He went right past it, and he <laughs> saw the other stuff that I just did for myself. Yeah. And I thought it looked cool, and I put it in my, por in my portfolio. And he goes... This one, this one, and this one. He goes, you like doing this, don't you? He goes, yeah. He goes, I want you to do this. Mm. And so he would give me assignments. And for like the first month, I didn't even know if I had an apprenticeship. <laughs> he would just give <laughs> right. me an assignment. Right. I'd draw it at home, and I'd get it back to him within that day, which is cranking out some work. Right. And I finally asked him, I'm like, can I come into the shop and chill and chill there? Yeah. Bam, there's the apprenticeship. And um, my style, um, it's more of neo-traditional style. It's so like classic, like Sailor Jerry, like the, the old school stuff. Yep. Um, thick lines, heavy black, um, but limited on the color palette. Neo-traditional kind of expands on that where it's a little bit more. Yes, that, that's, that makes sense. that's exactly what it is. is it so it's, yeah. and I've been drawing like, the black and gray realism my whole life so it's not necessarily realism it's a little bit of a step back um into stuff that i know will hold over time you know those bold lines the heavy black that's what really really yeah. does it and um going into so the first do tattoos the first do is in the fire department, for those who don't know, it's the first, it's the area that your station is immediately responsible for. Mm. Um, so if you get a call within your first due, that's your call. Okay. Um, and I can shorten first due to FD tattoos. Like, yeah. And with me being with a, in the, the service for what, since 2012, um, 
I know what the culture is. I know just the same as you guys what it's like to be with your boys. I want to be able to give that to my guys. And so the the mental break that this gave me um, for learning how to draw and, and, and get transferring that into tattooing, I joke, but I'm serious. It helps me get my crazy out. Dude, no, when a creative outlet is the most underrated thing for any type of government employee when you give it your all, and that's your job. That's your yes. job. You get paid the same amount no yeah. matter what. You just gave this job your all, and then you go and you do something creative, and then you make one penny from it, it's the best it's thing incredible. in the world. It's incredible. Like, when I tattoo, I am not working. Yeah. Like, it is such a meditative thing for me. It's no different than when I was drawing when I was little. I'm just doing it permanently on somebody's skin now. Yeah. And, like, learning that confidence, if you've ever painted, it, paintbrush isn't just a paintbrush. It depends on the shape and what it's for will depend on how it works. And learning how to tattoo is no different. It's learning your tools and how to apply it. We we had a guy at the unit that was uh you know that could draw anything and he he also uh you know would tattoo guys on on deployments. Um, I don't know if this was something that you know his uh, his you know uh, his apprentice apprenticeship made him do, or if this is just like a standard mm -hmm. thing you do. Did you give yourself your first tattoo? I did. Is that is that kind of well, like a a, a standard thing that's supposed to happen? Or yeah, okay. technically, I gave my wife the very first time, like first time I touched skin. Yeah. it was a margarita night on the couch, and I was practicing on fake skin. <laughs> yeah, kept doing this. Yeah, for forty five yeah. minutes, this woman kept shoving her arm in front of me, and she's wanted a heart on her wrist. That was the very first okay. time I ever touched. But how how ner well well it was margarita night. How nervous were you? <laughs> oh, it, was, it, was, it, was it was a heart. It was awful. Oh, was it? It was, it was awful. Um, the nervousness it, or the tattoo? Both. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to live with that tattoo every day. I've touched the it up guilt. once. Right. I've I touched mean, it up once. Yeah, I mean the difference between you know pencil and paper, sure. and now you know the, you know the the, the tattoo you know, gun and and skin has yep. got to be just completely different. Yeah. The baller so move would have been making her pay for that touch up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's a different transition, but yes, my first one. Right on my thigh. Yeah, he was on um, his thigh too. Do you yeah. have to a do little it upside down, or do you do it facing you? No, I did it facing right. If I were to show people, so it was upside down for me. It doesn't matter because if it's right side up, sideways, or whatever. No, that's true. If you are following your stencil, it can be however. Um, but yeah, it was a little too high on my thigh, and as soon as I touched that first line to it, man, I regretted everything. <laughs> I sweat so bad when I tattoo, and when I tattooed myself, it was. It was pretty bad, yeah. but what was it? What 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 was uh, it? Like, was you? I'll drop trial after this. Okay. And show y'all. But it was. Uh, it's like a poison bottle with some smoke coming up off the top, some leaves and stuff outside. Trunk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I well, should have. So, <laughs> so how do um, how do people? What's the best way to get in contact with you? As far Instagram. as Instagram, Instagram, yeah. Right. So I have a uh, Instagram for first do tattoos, and then my that's the shops for my art and tattoo page mine personal it's um roho artworks r-u-o-h-o artworks um at instagram um i've got a website all that's linked on the instagram um you can hit we'll it put it up on the yeah um got shirts got stickers you got merch oh yeah yeah Dang, got merch man man got merch baby uh oh yeah duh he just gave it <laughs> <laughs> um worst 
not not the tattoo itself, but the person you had to to deal with that mm-hmm. that wasn't prepared for the tattoo pain. Worst worst person you had Ooh. to tattoo. Um, and how and how deep were you into, into your career pre, we, before you know was hope, hopefully that was later into tattooing we had to deal with this person. So do, do you have one that stands out? Or I've got two. Got, uh, one is not from me, and but I was there, and the other was from me. Let's hear them both. The one, <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. So the one from me, um, this guy could not get tattooed. He was covered, freaking covered, and we just had some spots that we were filling. We were going to do a a rose, and the petals were transitioning into like some butterfly wings and stuff he could not get tattooed without ta- uh, tattoo cream i'm just could, gonna could, ask you i know could I not thinking about, thinking about the same thing um and as soon as it wears off the pain is worse because not, yeah you know your endorphins are chilling and then all of a sudden you get slapped with two three hours worth of pain and now it sucks um he could not sit man like it was it was pretty off which should have been one session turned into three um but he had to have he had to have tattoo cream he had to yeah he he could not tattoo without it what's your thoughts on we had just spoken to uh emmanuel on here last episode who uh he's covered he's not a tattoo artist but he's got a lot of great ink and we were asking his 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 opinion on tattoo cream because it and and our i think the way i think is that it's a it's a rite of passage a tattoo sure um now, as if you've got a billion of them and you've already shown yourself to to be able to withstand some pain, and you got nothing to prove, yeah, and now it is, and an artist goes, "Hey, man, you want to rub?" Uh, does their outline right and goes, "You want me to rub some pain on your ribs because this is gonna hurt?" Like, absolutely, go for it. But sure. to go into the culture, going, "Oh, now I want my tattoo and I want cream," or I'm, you know, like, what? What's, what's your thoughts on that? Um, you can be real. Yeah. Uh. Well, maybe it doesn't matter. It, it, to you. it depends on the think? cream that yeah. you're using, right? Um, some are great, some not so much. Sometimes people have reaction to it and they've never used it before, and now you're having to deal with, you know, possible chemical burn or something like that that someone wasn't experiencing. They're mad at you because now their tattoo's messed up, oh. and it wasn't your fault. Um, but some of them have uh, epinephrine in them, which can change both the texture um, and as well as the bleeding and stuff, which can make the healing worse and it makes it a little harder for not a little it can change the texture of the skin so it makes it harder for us as the artist yeah. to actually wow. work um i i use bactine uh, you can find it in cvs and stuff for stings and bites and all that yeah. stuff yeah uh, it's four percent lidocaine i use yep. it in my witch hazel i spray it directly on the tattoo the thing with that is it works on open skin it does not work on closed skin the mm. tattoo cream numbs the daylights out of you before even starting, so your you have to do the you have to do the outline in order for the spray to, that you right. use. To if work. I'm going back in to do the shading or something like that, that's what I was talking about. Then I'm going to spray it. I, honestly, I use it really without asking the clients because it just <sighs> makes for it's it makes for an easier time for them. If they don't want it, that's fine. No. Give but, it to me. <laughs> but before I use it, hey, I'm going to use some Bactine. Are you cool? Yeah, sure. And um, it's like asking. I, I've had to use it before on my calf. And I was about halfway through. I was biting the pillow a little too hard, and I asked my artist, I'm like, hey, Courtney, can I have some Bactine? <laughs> yeah. And that got me through the rest of it with really without any problem. That I'm fine with. I, I yeah. use that all the time on almost every tattoo. It's the, the tattoo numbing cream before. If, if you're going to use it, fine, but let me know which one you're using before. Um, that way... 
if I've known that I've had issues with it before, I wouldn't tell you no. Have you ever turned down someone for a tattoo? I'm like, no, I'm not going to tattoo you. Yeah. yeah, sure. Um, if it's something that I know another artist that's going to do better for you. Here's the deal, man. You worked hard for your money, and you're paying me. I'm not going to practice on you. I'm yeah. going to give you a tattoo that you're paying for. If it's something that, if you come to me for this extravagant portrait, that's not me, man. But I yeah. do know some people that will blow it out of the water for you. Good for you. That's awesome. And there were some other artists that I worked with. I love color. I, I Color is my favorite. I do black and gray as well. But color, like the, the stickers and stuff that I gave you, that's the stuff that I love slapping on people. Um, other artists there that were at the shop that I was at before, if they got somebody who wanted a color piece, they'd give it to me. Yeah. If somebody wants like a, a real petite fine line thing, I know a dude that ain't me. Well, there's yeah. a, a one uh, one artist around in the Orlando area that's pretty popular. I'm gonna try to. He's 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 talked to me about coming on the show, but uh, his name is Johnny Nobody. Mm. Uh, he has his eyeballs tattooed. He looks like an insane oh, yeah. person. He's got face tattoos. Yeah. And he's not the type of person you would think he would talk about ethics. But I was watching him talk, and he said back in the day. There used to be ethics where an artist you'd walk in a shop and want something on your hands, neck, or face, and if you weren't covered, you, you weren't getting you it. weren't getting it because they weren't mm -hmm. trying to ruin a young person's life. Yeah. And now, yeah, they'll see kids with a face tattoo, and you know their whole career is ruined. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you what irritates the fire out of me is watching these college football player, I'm calling kids, but very very yeah, young adults, 18 to 22. you know, with full sleeves, mm -hmm. and I go, man, I. I didn't get my sleeve until you know in my, my late twenties, and I'm proud of every single thing that's you know that that's on my body. You just don't have the life experience to be you know you, you can't to be proud of everything you just you know put on there. Yeah, I just the yeah I I had a 16 year old come in with his parents, and he wanted a black and gray rose on the top of his hand. And his parents said, "Yeah, we're cool with it." I ain't doing it, dude. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's, it's man. It's good. You don't have they to live with that. No. And I can say no to whatever tattoo I want. You know, it just means I'm not going to be making money from it. But I'm not that kind of guy to be doing it for the money. Yeah, I'm right. doing it because it's a passion of mine. And right. It, it helps me be good at home for my wife, you know. So. Right. You don't have, you, you have the luxury of it not yes. being your, your sole source yes. of income. Yes. And yeah. uh, if you talk to a sole tattoo artist that that's the only thing that they do, they're probably going to tell you a different story where they've got bills to pay. They've got stuff that they have to pay. And I get that. You know, yeah, I do, I too. do. I get that. I do, too. And I'm, I'm blessed and fortunate to have the schedule that I have and to be working the way that I am. I tattoo about one to two days a week. And... Um, my wife, God bless her, she's yeah. super supportive of it. Like I said, she's the one who got me into doing it. And I had a conversation with her the other day. She's like, I would much rather have you stressed out and tired from working and being happy. <laughs> right, yeah. Than the opposite. What's and the uh, What's the story that we? I cut you off? You had two stories. Yeah. Oh, two that's stories. Right. That's right. Yeah. We're going to yeah. end it. Uh, we, we and Brent just talked about this last episode. We love ending it. We talk about a lot of heavy topics on this podcast, but we love letting the our 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 supporters turn it off with a good smile and a laugh. Sure. So I want to hear this story. All right. <laughs> so no this pressure. one, you can yeah. ruin their day. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, this one was not mine. Uh, this was, I called him my cellmate. He was, he and I apprenticed together. We shared the room together. He was on one side. I was on the other. Your cellmate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's great. Um, 
we ha- he had a client who wanted a rose that was coming up from her vagina onto her hip. Wait, say it into the mic. You came off a little bit. <coughs> <laughs> I want to make sure everybody heard that. He had a client that wanted a rose coming out from her vagina onto her hip. Okay. Like Not coming ta- out of it? Yes. Onto the, okay. like growing out of it. Yeah. Growing out of it. <laughs> yep. Growing where the only thing that should be growing is babies. That's it. (laughs) And we set up like the the privacy wall, like all that stuff, right? And like he was, it was only him and her in that room. Like that, we gave them their space. And after like 20 minutes, right before they were getting ready to start, me and another guy, we get called into the room. She was wanting us to check for placement. Make sure that stencil pla- was placed right. Make sure it looked like it oh. was good. She wants everybody. Second opinion. <laughs> Second opinion. <laughs> okay. And That's a third and a fourth. Okay. And a fourth? And a fourth. Oh, okay. And I go in there. I'm like, yeah, it looks pretty good. And the other guy that <laughs> that wasn't tattooing, well, he tattooed, but he did not have a client. He's all up in there. <laughs> he's, he's like getting out the binoculars like he's checking it like making sure it's all lined up it's called like, due diligence yeah. yes, yes, due diligence. Yes. look man once it's yeah. there it's there bro. that's right yeah and ethics <laughs> ethics <laughs> and uh cool they're ready to start tattooing we step out dude it sounded like a one one woman orgy in there she, she was getting yeah. off on it she, whether she was just getting off or whether she was just Moaning and screaming because of pain. Oh. I don't know which. <laughs> but he was all up in there tattooing, doing his job. For and hours. It, like two and a half, three, yeah. Oh. And it was, I had to step out. Yeah. <laughs> I had to step out of the yeah. shop. Yeah. It was I'll, it was I'll, fun, man. The Besides that, I want to ask one more question about a, a funny story, and that's uh, also on on your firefighter job. Yeah, because you know, obviously we, we could you know, we could really tell. You know, we were talking about some some heavy stuff earlier about sure. responding to kids. Um, but I'm sure you guys see some ridiculous things as well. Do you what's Do you have a ridiculous call or or a funny story that stands out in your ten years of firefighting that that you, that's that's gotten a lot of Got a lot of uh, longevity yeah. uh, at, at at the house. Yeah, we uh, yeah, yeah, we do. We got a couple. Um, one of them, the first one that popped in my head. <laughs> <laughs> this is like eleven thirty, twelve o'clock at night. Uh, this guy called for rectal pain. We get to the house. He's living with his mom. He's like in his early forties. Walk around the corner, you just hear ow, 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 ow make contact with the guy and he goes look before we get started i just want to let you know i've got some gay tendencies i like this story i i broke off he broke off the hook of a plastic hanger clothes hanger shoved it up there and got it stuck so he broke it and then shoved it up there yeah and it got stuck on accident or is this i would hope so it was on (laughs) accident because he called us and I want the firefighters to get it out. <laughs> You're like, all right, get you on the stretcher, got to go. And he goes, you can't take it out? Goes, nope. <laughs> he thought you were going to go up there with gloves and pull it out of his yep. butt? Yep. And uh, so we transported him in the position of comfort <laughs> and uh, took him to the hospital. Uh, and, what's the, um, what was the position? 
just on, the air. Just, on, yeah, on, on his on his yeah. side. Yeah, on his side. Just, okay, on his side. side. All right. Yeah. Oh man. And uh, <laughs> we get him to the hospital, and of course, the doctor that's working, he is this short, gay Vietnamese guy named Doctor Tran. Sorry, <laughs> should not have done that. I'll leave it out. <laughs> it was. And uh, <laughs> so he walks up to him, and he's like, "What you know? What's what's the problem today?" And he goes, "I told him the story and everything." And Doc gets the fingers going and is like checking around, takes the gloves off, and the guy goes, "You're not going to take it out?" And Doc goes, "Nope, gotta have surgery." Oh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but dude, how do you have? What's that surgery? They got to cut the uh, yeah, rectum? They just, yeah, they just got to get the rectal stretcher. Dude, have you seen pictures? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it's called for real? The rectal Was it the, uh, the speculum or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's there. Hey, um, hey, our girl Cece would know all about that. <laughs> She's not going to come on the show now. Yeah, no, just kidding. Yeah, um, but the the entire thing of the, the whole experience of that that call was was very yeah, entertaining stick it, with you. Yeah. it was we're walking out of the house and the lieutenant is waking everybody else up going hey hey <laughs> y'all need to hear this on the radio as we're walking out when we got back they were all around the kitchen table yeah and they were wanting to know everything you, you about walk it in the bedroom closet do you see hangers a different way now <laughs> <laughs> i walmart is a whole nother beast now man <laughs> 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 it's real bro it's real oh, God.